0: It is a delight to be with you this morning. Thank you for, for the invitation and for your welcome. Uh, Charlie told you a little bit about the presbytery, so I don't have to do that, but I have to do two pieces of presbytery business right now. And number one, um, well, three pieces. Um, my title is Revisioning Executive Presbyter. That's a, it's a nice name for an interim but with very specific work we need to do as a presbytery to ask how in this next chapter of life do we support our congregations and equip our leaders in the 57 congregations we count as this presbytery. And what I heard this morning was, we keep learning, we keep growing, we keep asking questions. I think that's good advice for us too, so I'll take that back with me. Secondly, uh, while Door County might need a Presbyterian church, and while it might be a beautiful place, don't get any ideas. Third, we just had a Presbytery meeting this past Tuesday, and it really went very, very well, and one of the reasons it went very, very well is we have this remarkable moderator of Presbytery right now. Right, Laurie? Lori did such an amazing job on Tuesday, not only moderating the meeting, but also bringing the message from the word during our worship service. It was was outstanding. Thank you, Lori, for all that you have done this year for the presbytery as its moderator, and I know for all that you have done here at Covenant as well. Let us then approach God's word to us this morning, recorded first in the book of Genesis, the 17th chapter. God speaking to Abram as God began to form God's people and what that might mean. Listen for the word of God. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations, No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you through their generations for an everlasting covenant, to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land where you are now an alien, all the land of Canaan for perpetual holding and I will be their God." And then from the New Testament, from the Gospel according to John, the 18th chapter, beginning at verse 33, a story we usually hear at Holy Week, but we hear today because of the day that it is. Then. Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? jesus answered my kingdom does not belong to this world if my kingdom belonged to this world my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the jews but as it is my kingdom is not from here pilate asked him so you are a king jesus answered You say that I am a king, for this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words which I speak and the meditations of all of our hearts and minds be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I presume that most of you noticed that there was an election a few days ago Maybe not, after all, election day in Wisconsin was nothing much just apocalyptic visions of the world before us and the other candidates. Both here and among your neighbors to the northwest, I've found few people who were neutral about the election. Some have come away angry, others celebratory, some strident, others mournful and some simply genuinely deeply afraid for their ability to live and worship and work in a way that they thought this country afforded them. But for all an election might stir up in us. There's no election mentioned on the church calendar. Church calendars don't adjust to national events like elections or the holiday that we'll celebrate together on Thursday. It's a worldwide calendar governed by a cycle of readings that begin at the beginning of Advent next Sunday, moves us through Christmas, eventually into Lent and then Holy Week, Pentecost, and then a long stretch of what we call growing season, or ordinary time, the last Sunday of which is today. Today. Today is Christ the King Sunday, a relatively new designation first instituted about a century ago by a Roman Catholic pope who was concerned, he said, with the increasing secularization of the world and see if this sounds familiar the attention being given over to state elections christ the king in the text that we heard this morning the romans described jesus in derision as king of the jews but likely with a layer of fear just below the surface, because they knew. They knew that Jesus came from a people who understood kingship. I will make nations of you, God promised Abraham, and kings will come from you. And surely the Romans knew that, as much as the Jewish people did, but that was then, and this is now, and kings and kingdoms have gotten a bad name in our modern sensibilities. Here in America, we, we threw tea off of a boat, declared our independence, and fought a war, all because we wanted to take the destiny of this nation into our own hands and out of the king's hands that we rid ourselves of George III doesn't mean that we have no kings in America. We do. We have Elvis, the king of rock and roll. We have the king of pop, Michael Jackson. There's the kings of Leon for you rock and roll fans or the blues great, B.B. King. There are lots of kings in sports. There's the Los Angeles kings in hockey and the Sacramento kings in basketball. Lebron is King James, King Richard is the HBO film about Richard Williams, the father of tennis greats Serena and Venus. We have King Snakes and kingfishers and King Crab and King Salmon and Chicken Ola King. We have been influenced by Martin Luther King Jr., Stephen King, Carol King, Burger King, the Lion King and the King James Bible. Though that last one we'd likely more find on a dusty shelf than we would find it anywhere else. We actually have lots of kings in our lives, just no ruler, no one who tells us what to do, save for me, myself, and I. There's no room for a king in this divisive, individualistic, consumeristic culture of ours, or is there? Maybe today's gospel lesson offers a possibility, even an opportunity. Are you king of the Jews? Pilate asked. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not from this world. And maybe Just maybe that's the real point of Christ the King Sunday. That we are not the center of our universe. Christ is. That it is Christ who strengthens us for whatever will come and and allows us under the umbrella of his power and protection to build relationships, to share grace, even across boundaries that might otherwise divide. 30 years ago, I sat with a circle of believers in their church, just not unlike you all, except this church was in the South African township of Soweto at the height of apartheid. And I was in a place, and in a church, the law said I had no business being there to support my fellow Christians. I asked them if they might share with me a story of themselves, to introduce themselves, something about their church or their ministry. They, they kind of looked at each other, you know, that, that, that look when no one really wants to say anything. You you look at your shoes, you look around. A few of them conversed a bit with each other in a language that I didn't understand. I later learned it was one of the local languages. And then finally an older woman stood up. And in halting English, she said quietly to me and everyone gathered there, last year, our whole church was arrested. I I let that sit for a moment and and then I asked if she might repeat it because I thought I'd misheard what she said. Our whole church was arrested, she said again. All 250 of us, arrested and put in jail, from babies to a 90-year-old man. At which point, someone else said, you know, with a a bit of a perkiness in her voice, at least the babies and the mothers were kept together. The pastor was imprisoned for a year. And why, I asked. Why did this happen? Because, she said, and you can see if you react to it the way that I did, because, she said, we believe only Jesus is our king. Are you a king? Pilate asked Jesus, though I doubt he cared what the answer was. Are you a king? We may or may not ask Jesus. And I wonder if we care what the answer is or care what the answer might mean for us. Here's what my friends in South Africa would tell you, grocers and plumbers, lawyers and accountants, mothers and grandmothers, people in the end who are not all that different than us. Here's what they said it meant, what they got arrested for. We follow a king who was killed for his beliefs and for our salvation and who taught us to love God and to love our neighbor, to speak out when love is not shown or when people hate, even if we ourselves might be hated for it, to take a chance, to take a stand, to take a risk, not for our own sake, but for the sake of the world, for the sake of the kingdom, Christ's kingdom. Pilate asked Jesus, so you are a king. And it's not just a rhetorical question, a convenient turn of the phrase that the preacher uses. It's a question that swirls all around us all the time. It's a question that lurked in the election we just held. And today when we peer so cautiously into our future. It's a lesson that will be right back in front of us next week as we step into Advent and listen for the voice of the prophet. It's there when we think about finances and futures, ministry and mission and what God may be calling Covenant Presbyterian Church to be and to do. What does Christ the King mean? for life in a society where selfishness and death and my way or the highway appear to hold a better hand. Are you a king, Pilate asked Jesus, and maybe we do too. For this I was born, Jesus replied to Pilate, and maybe to us too. And for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And so on this Sunday, Christ the King Sunday, we are reminded amidst all of the noise and all of what happens around us, reminded of the truth that we share a loyalty that is higher, deeper, wider, and more profound than any earthly loyalty. And it is one that we share with our siblings all around the world. It reminds us of the truth, that we bear witness to the vision God holds for a new covenant, a new heaven and earth where Jesus is the ruler of the kings on earth. It reminds us of the truth that Christ as King ought to make a difference in our lives and in the way we live our lives, to live a little bit more like Jesus, to speak words that sound a little bit more like his, to do loving deeds, to realize that We are the body of the risen Christ in the world today. His hands and feet reaching out into the lives of others. This church year, it's kind of a funny thing. We close it today with a king. And we open it next month with a baby born in a barn. And they're the same person. For this I was born, Jesus told Pilate and tells you too, for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. In the end, in the end we all have to choose who we will follow, you and me. Choose from a million different options But here's the thing, before you choose, there's one other thing you should know this Sunday, that your King, Christ the King has already chosen you. A reality worthy not just of this day, this Sunday, but the day we celebrate on Thursday as well, Thanksgiving. For this I was born, Jesus said. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.